Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Department Podcast, your favourite, that's right, favourite sim racing and motorsport podcast out there. Um, so episode 13 already flying through uh, 2019. Joining me in the virtual RD studio this week, it's just the threesome this time. It's Paul Jeffrey and Joseph Wright. Hey guys. Yo, 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 yo. Hello. So we enjoying the heat wave. Uh, sweating, sweating profusely. It is Warham, says he. It's not a great time to be a sim racer, is it, in this heat? It's not a great time to be sat in the man cave having a podcast recorded when it's like 5,000 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good though, mate. How are you? How are yeah, you? I'm, you all I'm, right? I'm, I'm good, thank you. I've had, a, uh, I've had a week off work. I was at the um, I was at a music festival on Sunday, got a little bit tipsy. Um, yeah, Southwest 4 in, um, in Clapham, which is drum and bass house and all the kind of stuff that you really love, Paul. That so does not sound like a music festival. <laughs> that just sounds like something that you get your head down and cross over the street. <laughs> Where's all your hairy ass guys with guitars and historic rock bands? Oh, and... I, lo- I love that car. I love indie as well. Don't worry, mate. I have a very eclectic. <laughs> mu- I have a very eclectic music taste. I love. I love all genres. So yeah, I've music had a, I've had a lovely. Noise. I've had a busy few days and enjoying the sun. I've actually. I look like I've been away. I've got a, t- a typical Brit tan line, you know, like with the the top and the arm. Red legs, red yeah, legs. Yeah. <laughs> not, not quite gone, not quite gone red. Actually, I've I've um, I've done really well, to be fair. Right. Um, so no, 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 before we move on, here, before we before yeah. we go on to the first topic, I just have to go back to you saying you're one week off on holiday, which I just feel I have to laugh at for you. I feel so sorry for you because I've just had six weeks off. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well, anyway. The benefits of education, working in education just really helps. Well, okay. the benefits of working for SRO Esports Series, I've had no holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, We're going to come on to that shortly, aren't we? Uh, so um, we're going to do five items this week. Uh, Simulation Expo at SRO, because that's ha- happening um, this weekend, if you listen to the podcast as it's released. Um, so that's of the weekend of the 31st of August. I'm not there because I'm at a, a, another type of festival. Uh, R Factor 2 updates. Been quite a few recently, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, w Series, the first season has ended. Um, so Chadwick was crowned uh, the, f- the first champion. So, you know, we're just going to review the season and, and look at what's coming next for that. Um, and then we got the announcement from McLaren uh, that they're going to do a full season in IndyCar, which I think after we gave them that bit of a dressing down after the Indy 500 debacle, I think we kind of saw that coming. And then last but not least, um, quickly talk about Albon um, to Red Bull. I uh, just added that in there because we, um, and then we're not going to have a, we're not going to have a main topic. I think we've got enough to kind of um, to whittle on through uh, this week. So um, as as like every episode, there are chapters. So if you want to skip. The uh, the album to Red Bull uh, chat right at the end you can do I know that not everyone's an F one fan um, and it you, who knows what we'll be talking about at the end of this podcast because last week I think we ended up talking about sandals so anything's game isn't it sandals <laughs> everybody wants sandals mate once we've realised it's the end of the podcast we've still got another half an hour of talking before we actually finish it's a hidden track that's all it is it's a special for all you people <laughs> exactly, that hold on tight exactly. it's it's um it's we well, should call it RD Extra or something like that. No. No, I, I, I like think we that. should play the outro music and then just have this extra bit where we try to say goodbye, but we actually can't because it just goes on and on and on. 
Exactly. Yeah. People, people are like, hold on, they're playing the outro music, but there's still 15 minutes of, uh, of time but he's left talk on the about, yeah. He's talk about sandals. So again, how valuable those extra 15 minutes of your life that you'll never get back <laughs> remains massively up for debate. But so, boy, if you're not too keen on sandals, there are always Crocs. Yeah, we, no. oh, we, yeah, we touched on that last time. Socks <laughs> with sandals is a big no-go. No, sandals in general are a big no-go. Oh, no yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Feet, so feet make it worse. How have we already gotten to the yeah. topic of sandals four minutes into this <laughs> podcast? The, the thing, thing is just that feet are ugly. Feet are ugly. I think I said this last time. I think you did. You know yes, you did. Do you know what? Yeah. I, I don't care about feet. I actually don't mind feet that much, but... Uh, you're the same as my girlfriend. Any, she always has to have her feet covered. And I think I spoke about this last time, and I just don't know why. It's just weird. I don't care about feet. Their feet. I think so you're what? getting borderline kinky with stuff like that. So we should move. Swift, <laughs> we should move swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I. Uh, I think you're right there, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> it's a family um, podcast. Come on, guys. Right. Exactly. Let's keep it clean. Keep it clean, guys. Right. So um, fast approaching sim racing expo and the next round, the SRO esports. Um, sim racing fanatics uh, all over Europe. Actually, sometimes a little bit further afield, we'll be heading to um, Nürburgring when the Blank Pan GT will, uh, racing will be taking place as well. But not only that, Paul, you've got the SRO Esports, which will be presenting with Mr. Chris Hay once again. And, you know, had a chance to see the newest and um, equipment out there and maybe some of the stuff we saw last year because um, I was there last year. It was a, it was a good event. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, you're going to be missed, dude. You are going to be missed. I enjoyed it last year, our first uh, soiree swar- into the I'll be, I'll be the back bromance. next year because it looks like they've moved the round of the Nürburgring yeah. back next year to September. So Not I clashing be, with I, the food. I will be back. I will be back. Yeah, it's yeah. a great weekend, though. I mean, for anybody who's listening that's not uh, been before, highly recommend it. If you're a sim racing fan, it, the Expo's fantastic. It's mecca for us. It's just all the latest and greatest stuff from hardware and software is there. Often, uh, R-Factor, uh, Studio 397, do a few big announcements and debut debut some some software and whatnot. So, well worth going just for that. And it's, it's great to... Uh, kind of catch up with the people that are behind the scenes so all a lot of the developers are always there they're always willing to chat to the fans and everything any kind of like faces from the sim racing industry that you might recognize are floating about and it's really it's really really good i will say that i am a little bit upset that everybody wants a photograph with a sim racing girl and not one person asks for a photograph with me which is a little bit a little bit distressing well, I, I, can't... Think, I think there's a challenge waiting there for our yeah. listeners I so, can't possibly um, imagine why but... I think I think you know you should have a photo with Mr. Paul Jeffrey and um Post it on Twitter or um, yeah. on Instagram and, and, and tag us. Yeah, please tag yeah, us. I, I, let's I see, how many, we, let's see be, how many we can get. I think it should be a competition. You use the hashtag catch the pool or pull the shirt because of his amazing t shirt. But just make sure you don't add an R into it. Yeah, uh, or, or take away an art, you know. That's that's quick hashtagging that, Joe. I'm impressed. That's uh, that's good. Good. That wasn't pre-planned at all. So nice. No, I, like, I think I, like. I think off off the cuff there. Yeah, um, off the cuff hashtagging. Um, we like. Also <laughs> mentioning talking about the sim racing expo itself because I've wanted to go for the last couple of years. Last year, um, I was very very close to doing it. I was going to get there, but unfortunately fell through. This year, it's. But done the week that I go back to work. So I go back to work next Monday, so I unfortunately can't go. So what what next year? So for those who can't make it this year, because it obviously is this weekend, next year, do we have dates? I think it's the back end of September next year. 
Yeah, it's the first week of September, I think. They've shifted yeah. it around because it's following the Blank Pan series. So it's the endurance race this year. Last year it was the sprint series with smaller grids and whatever. So, uh, yeah, back end of September next season. But I do, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's just really, really interesting. You've obviously got the Blank Pan on, which is a great championship. Nürburgring is a beautiful venue, beautiful circuit. And then the Expo, which is all the kind of stuff that we get excited about. So, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's immense. I love it. I can't wait. It's my uh, season highlight. Yeah, so um, last year they had the um, model race, didn't they, as well? Like, yeah, they were cool. Yeah, They were think, really cool. Is that where the SRO is this year? No, this year, I believe. Bum, bum, bum. Here's an exclusive. Uh, we're going to be in a pit box on pit lane, which Thanks. is going to be... Uh, Interestingly noisy. Well, so you, just mean, you just mean you. Uh, like, going to be like, standing there with the ID mic. <laughs> hey, yeah, just guys. You. Are you going to get time to go round no <laughs> like you did last year? Because you was, you obviously, last year, we, I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, we, we filmed a lot, but <clears throat> unfortunately, not a lot of the footage came out. Don't know why. Um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, put, we, did, we walked miles at that that place didn't we we were all over the we shop. were worn out man yeah. I mean my voice was absolutely gone the feet were hammering and everything it was a it was a busy weekend last year weren't it and year before as well it's always a busy weekend because there's just that much to do yeah. but yeah to answer your question mate I don't know uh, it takes a surprising amount of time and energy to do the SRO series so I absolutely want to be able to do some other footage while we're there. But at the very least, I just want to go and meet a few people and say hello and do some handshaking mm -hmm. and, and all that good stuff and hopefully get a go on one of these epic, epic, awesome motion rigs that I get running. Yeah, I see that Wave Italy are there again this year. Um, well, I, I might be doing something with Wave depending on what my schedule is. Okay, so, uh, so they, yeah, so they, had, they had a great simulator that you had a go in <sighs> wow. last year. That was a €60,000... If I remember rightly, uh, Ferrari uh, simulator running a Cesar Corso, and I was, I I love their wheel, but their wheel's like fifteen hundred quid, ridiculous. But it's, do you know but it's though, amazing? But it's amazing equipment. Just, there's something interesting about that actually. Since <clears throat> at the time that was the highest end wheel I'd ever used, and I'm saving like, oh wow, this is amazing, wow, yeah. but very expensive. I've I've bought one actually, uh, it's not one of those, uh, a Formula One style rim that's a little bit cheaper, but still stupidly expensive. Yes. And, it, yes, it's 1,500 quid, but you know the quality is so much better. I sound like a salesman. I am not endorsed by these people or paid or asked to do anything about them. The quality is just awesome compared to... This one I've bought, I'm not too impressed with. It feels a bit plasticky, and right. on my direct drive wheel, it kind of it shakes about. Some bits are 3D printed and whatnot, and I'm just not that blown away by it at all, right, really. Okay. But the Wave one felt absolutely rock solid a beautiful piece of kit just sexy as hell it's just kind of thing that you put on your rig and go <laughs> 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 but then again it's also 1500 quid which is the price for a decent small car so yes, I, yeah. it's six or one half a dozen of the other isn't it yeah it is it's, it's, it's um, different horses different courses and, and allows different budgets I think, I think our biggest, biggest criticism of Sim Race Tech by last year Paul was the lack of um, intro kind of equipment yeah. you know the, the lack of Logitech Thrustmaster you know, because you're not going to necessarily, unless you, unless money's no object, you're not necessarily going to throw down fifteen hundred quid on a direct drive motor. That's even yeah, before exactly. you bought a wheel, isn't it? You know, to go on it. So, well, I think we said at the time, didn't we? It's the kind of thing where a, a, a lad and dad or family or mum and daughter, whatever, yeah. they're going and watching some motor racing. They wander in to see what it is, look at it for the first time, and think, "Wow, that's amazing." 
And it's kind of, for me, the ideal opportunity would then to be able to pick up a 250 quid Logitech G920, 920 or whatever you call it, a, a lower end, cheaper, accessible, you can buy it there and then take it away and go sim racing, sow the seed of what sim racing is all about. And it kind of is a little bit phasing, phasing, I would imagine, for somebody who doesn't know as much about sim racing as we do, that you go in and think, oh God, you need 1,500, you need 15,000 euros to have a rig. And you don't, you can have fun on a 150 quid second hand wheel strapped to a table you found in a skip. You can still have fun as much as anybody that's got expensive gear. So a missed opportunity last year, but I'm curious to see. We spoke to the organiser at length about that last year and since then as well. I'm interested to see what they've done to uh, change that dynamic a little bit and have some more realistic entry level affordable uh, hardware. I'm yeah. just sort of hoping that they now have a big sofa with an ironing board just put in front of it with a wheel clamped on to this ironing board and just a tiny TV the other side. We were actually going to really do that. that now. If we could, if we could organise ourselves, <laughs> haha, uh, <laughs> we were that, actually going to do that. That will never happen. Yeah, no, we it won't. We, it really we won't. Talk, we talked about having a booth, didn't we? We were there yes, last year. Yeah. But, yeah, um, just too much to do and yeah, not enough is, time yeah. to do it. But exactly. we really did think about that, Joey, is just to have literally a cheap as it comes mock living room with real, real budget low end stuff and say, look, have a go on this. And you tell me if that's any more or less fun than sat in a bespoke aluminium profiled rig with a. Okay, it's more, it's not as much fun, obviously, but it's not far away. You can still have a damn no, good experience. That's it. That's right. It's like motor racing, isn't it? Driving a Formula One car, I would imagine, is probably the most fun you can have in a racing car. But if you put me in a Citroen 2CV and I had a 15-lap race while I was fighting tooth and nail with two other Citroen 2CVs, that would be more fun than follow my leader Formula One. On a course, I've had great races with the Fiat 500s. Yeah. And uh, also the Audi TTs. Yeah, it's not got to be the big stuff. It's not got to be the best biggest, most expensive, fastest, or any of that jazz. It's all about, end of the day, everything that you buy for sim racing, everything that you use for sim racing. The end of the day, if you're having a garbage race, it's garbage fun. But if you're having a good race, it doesn't matter how cheap or dear or good no, your stuff is, right. your yeah. race is still, you get off it, you've got sweats on it, you go, oh, 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 that's why I do this. I, I agree, because like, if I compare two different types of races, you have your open wheel races that you sometimes add, the indie cars and the F1 cars, but you're always so on the limit. And yeah, that's fun, but one mistake, that's your race over, or you're down behind the rest of the field. But if you're, I loved the Clios when I was racing those in Horsemobile yeah. stuff when I first came on race department. And they were some of the best races because it was door-to-door. You had those taps, you had the mistakes, but you were still racing with 20 other cars. And it was, that, to me, was so much better than any open wheeler. Uh, so it, like, open wheeler in a club event. Of course, leagues, for me, different, but that's a whole different topic. Yeah, and also, it'd be great, you know, next year, maybe we can have an RD podcast booth. Who knows, you know? Like, That'd be a good um, idea. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. You know, where we can have people come and, and be interviewed for the podcast. We'll have loads of um, loads of content. It's just that this year, unfortunately, uh, things haven't quite worked out. So, And also, you know, it costs money to get there. So, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this year, I'm finally getting myself a passport. So next year, <laughs> as long as I can confirm I can get back to work in time, I probably will do it. But it's just that 
schedule. You can always just go for the Saturday. You don't have to do the Sunday. Yeah, that's true. I could. It's just pretty. Go for it's the pretty much. It's pretty much just the same, but just on the Sunday. <laughs> 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 it's the same of all exhibitions, really. If you go there for two days, you're like. Oh, um, it's just the same stuff that was here yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Um, it just depends yeah. on the announcements and all yeah, that exactly. jazz, doesn't which, it? Which, so you know, what, what, which, we does, what we know, if, if I go on a Saturday, that's the only day the race department booth is going to be busy. I'm sorry. But if well, I've gone on the Sunday, no well, one's going to want to go there anymore. That, that, that might be true or might not be true. <laughs> we'll, we'll surely find out. You don't um, want to tell me to just shut up because I'm so... No, that's fine. Wrong. No, that's fine. You, if, you, if, you, if you rate yourself that highly, Joseph, you go ahead, mate. You I, go ahead. I do. I'm not, I'm not here to put you down, fella. That's not my job. <laughs> that's for the public to decide. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, if you want to send uh, Joseph some love, uh, tweet us at Race Department with the hashtag Joseph Love. Uh, right. Whoa, throwing them out left, right, and centre these hashtags. We're Come on, on fire. Let's, we need to up our social game. Right. We do, um, we do. But uh, just to talk about the Expo again for one second yeah, go on, before I was gonna, we move I'm on. I was going to continue to talk about the Expo, but go on. Oh, I thought you were going to segue into somewhere else. Sorry, no, no, I wasn't. No, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, this is also uh, the RD crews there for the SRO, Esport GT Series, which is the final round of the Mainstream Championship. So this event will be the last opportunity our drivers get to qualify for the finale in uh, Barcelona at the end of next month. So if you're at the Expo, come down find the SRO eSport GT Series game park. Come and get yourself, try and qualify in the AM category because the AM, the top three finishers of the AM race uh, qualify for the event finale. And then again, the top three from the final get to move into the, uh, the grand final sort of thing. So do try and get yourself down there as an am uh, it'd be great to see some people and uh, yeah it's a massive prize at the end of it I so suspect go for it. that'd be the biggest crowd you get possibly possibly so because it's and even spectators as well because that's what everybody's there for i know you're going to yeah. be competing with the because the sim race expo has got its own um championships going on it's esports <laughs> championship going on what yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, we're, we're a fair game here. We've we got to give it a mention. We are, um, we give them all some love. Exactly. Uh, they've got a couple of different championships. Not that I fully understand which ones they've got, but they're going to have that in the main arena like they did um, last year. Um, and a lot of the uh, usual, um, you know, sim racing teams are going to be their usual suspects is what is the phrase we're looking for. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, if, you have a, if you're not going to make it this year, then, um, you know, it'll always be there again next year so i'm um i'll be there next year I'll and of course we're doing there. we're doing a little uh, beer and nibbles meetup yes, as mention well that. yes thank you um so uh, at racedepartment.com uh, uh chris hay uh, has posted um uh, an announcement said on saturday 31st of august at uh, 2100 central eastern european time uh, there will be a get-together at the Burt Burger Gasthouse, which is just outside the Nürburgring, which I believe that's where we ate last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a lovely place, isn't it? Yeah. yeah really good. nice if, place. I mean, you're in Germany. You've got to enjoy the, the bratwurst, haven't you, really? Oh, yeah, yes, yes. It's a wiener. You've got to have some wiener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that'll be... Um, That'll be something good. So um, yeah, uh, be lovely to see people come along and just it. say hi. So it'd be nice to nice to catch up with a few of those faces and names that we exactly. we see a lot on the forum, but never get to kind of like shake hands and say hey. So 
yeah. would be nice. It to was come good last year with the, with race bar actually did their own official kind of get together. Oh, God, that was amazing. It was really good, but it's just a lot of organisation involved, and I don't think anybody worked that stress again. <laughs> well, we'll definitely do it again, but it's just the the ESRO series takes up so much energy that it's difficult to then do it justice and do it yeah, properly yeah, and if yeah. you're going to do it and you're going to attack the RD name it's got it, to be to good be, to be fair I mean you guys need to be nearer the circuit this year as where last year we were about 45 minutes drive from the circuit which to keep the cost down RD, pa- RD Party Palace yeah, um, yeah. rubbish internet um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah uh, and also I I, uh, I shared a room with Damien and bless him um, that that man can uh, can snore like, uh, I love the guy. I had to go. I had to, seriously. The only reason I wouldn't stay up is because I wanted to go to bed first so I could get some sleep and fall asleep before he uh, he started rocking the walls. So um, yeah, love you, Damien, if you listen. But he, he know, and he knows that um, he kept me up quite a bit. But um, and also when you knew the, the day before we leave because we knew we had like a six hour drive back or whatever it was. I really tried hard to get some sleep because I me driving lack of sleep is not a good combination in a foreign uh, country on the wrong side yeah, of the road. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good that's point. Where, that's where mistakes happen. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think I mentioned this before anyway. So um, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, right. Moving on. R Factor Two. I know we spoke about R Factor Two quite recently as well with the announcement of um, the new Aston Martin GTE and then the McLaren Senna. Uh, which I have bought, which I ha- but I haven't driven either of them, um, or I just bought it anyway. Uh, but there's recently been an update to the R uh, to the endurance pack. I think there were some bop changes, if I remember rightly. Um, but there's, there was also another update, uh, Paul, uh, for R Factor Two, which to, which is a kind of help to stabilise the game a bit. And looking at it, they've kind of changed the behaviours with users joining, disconnecting from the game. Um, I know that Craig Dunkley, one of our staff members, has been doing some testing and he thinks that the game has got some improvements. Um, like offline, he did some racing with 30 AI and he doesn't believe he was getting the stutters um, that he was getting before. But the update didn't mention the stutters per se, did it? No, but it does seem, like I say, Craig seems to have done, out of us anyway, the majority of the testing. I've not, unfortunately, had much time with it. But... Uh, it does seem to have resolved the stutters, but it seems to be really strong for the online aspect. So the, the game crashes, the instability, uh, the join lag uh, that's pretty much renowned we are Factor 2 nowadays. Mm-hmm. Looks like they've done some really good work on that. And for me, one of the most noticeable things in my limited time was the improved loading times. Really welcome, really pleased yeah, about that. I've not loaded that. the games since I downloaded the update. To <laughs> <honest with you. laughs> well, first time, you do, first time you load the track up, it's broadly similar, a little bit quicker but not, not lightning. But when you load the track up again, dude, amazing. So much faster. Really, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not R3E or Seto Corsa Competition fast, but comparative to what it used to be, a lot, lot better. Really pleased to see that because uh, I don't mind the weight, but it's something that a lot of people make a lot of noise about. Well, when it's the nice game cra- to shut well, that down. It's the thing is, the, the problem is, is that what would happen is, is when the game crashes, and if you crash like towards the end of uh, qualifying, most of our club race events do have a five-minute warm-up um, to help you get back in, if that is the case. But, Joe, it is a bit of a frustration, isn't it, when you the game crashes and you've got a load, a, a load, a slow load, um, and you may not make the race after all that practice and effort you put in. 
definitely. And luckily, like you say, in our sessions, we do have that warm-up session for you to get back in. And I had that crash when I did the Le Mans broadcast uh, a little bit ago. Yes, right. Um, and I was able to get back in. It was fine. But as you say... It was just trying to get back in with all the loading times, but apparently they've even been um, they've been improved as well. So they're now shorter um, to get back into a server. In addition to that, if you are to crash out of a server um, to enter back into that server, you have to choose the exact same car configuration, everything in which you quit the server and once you've entered uh, the race session, which is actually really good because it prevents a lot of those problems that uh, have been seen in uh, the endurance races that we did back in RDLMS and also um, during R Factor 2's uh, official um, endurance races and especially that one at Le Mans that they did that they had to red flag. Um, so it's great to see all these improvements um, come in um, but it is strange they haven't mentioned specifically the stuttering, the freezing but has that been improved? That's the thing, because it might have been improved through other fixes. So I'm yes, not too yeah, sure Yeah, exactly. Whether... Is it? The, the, you're right. What you're saying there is one of the fixes that um, that they have is is re- potentially related or even a combination of a few of these items that they've done could, you know, be like a recipe for the for the stutters. Um, what what gets on my back a little bit is they've done all this work and then about four after the post you made Paul about four in so it goes what about the new UI well no 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 I, <laughs> I, I, mean, I will I am all in favour of people complaining about the UI and I know that you're going to hate me for that but the reason being is because we've been teased with it so much so often it's just like we're getting frustrated they told us this UI is coming and then they said, okay. oh, we're just doing this. It's going to come later. Oh, it's just doing this. It's coming later. So everyone's like, you said this was going to happen. Why hasn't it happened? Well, because they've obviously got some fundamental issues with the game, no, no, Joe. No, 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 no. I understand that. I'm not arguing with them. I'm not going to say, look, you're not doing it right. You don't know how to develop a game because obviously they do. They do a lot better job than I will. But I, it's just, why tease something if you're not going to bring it out? Well, because they obviously didn't so foresee long. the issues that have have. No, 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 that's arisen, fine. But right? they teased it the first time. Yes. And then we were like, okay, it's not coming out. That's fine. They teased it another time. Why isn't it coming out? And they, every update, they say, oh, and we're just implementing this into the UI. And we're just doing this to the UI. Stop mentioning the UI if you're not bringing it out. Well, they are bringing it out. It's just but fundamentally, not yet. I think. I, yeah, well, yeah, but the thing is, is I think fundamentally, the game's got to work first. It's, it's all well no, and good. No, I, yeah, I, yeah. And I don't personally have a problem with the UI because compared to Assetto Corsa, the UI is better than that. Oh, no, no, no. That's the thing. I, I mean, Assetto Corsa uh, Competizione's UI is obviously better than both. But um, I, I like the UI in our factor 2. I'm not saying I don't like the UI. It's the fact that they tease something for so long and we've expected this update for so long and it just never comes. A new update comes out and it's nothing yeah, to do with the update's with this UI. bigger than the UI though that's what yes. that's what gets yes. me that's what gets me is that oh you know never this oh well done guys like one coca all about the new UI hold on a second have you not seen the update have you not read the notes of all the stuff they've gone and done here okay I, i'm not sitting here arguing with you. Yeah, well, it sounds <laughs> like, like you are and i'm not I, having it i i want the, <laughs> the tell him Paul. tell him Come he's on. an idiot <laughs> tell now him. then now then come down come down tell him <laughs> tell him he's an idiot thing is, is that they've obviously got... they picked up a bit of a poison chalice here, Paul, haven't they? Because they didn't develop the game originally. Yeah. So they're fixing someone else's mistakes. Well, the thing for me, I've got a completely opposite opinion to you two. I really don't give a monkeys about the UI. Neither do I. I, I don't give, in a, fact, if I don't it give were, a damn about it. It's just no. like I get annoyed when people, other people go, 
What about new URI based on this thread that says we've done all these great updates? I don't know why people are so excited about it. To be honest, if it wasn't for the noise that the people are making about the UI, I probably wouldn't even be able to tell you what it looks like because I care about it that little. I'm just... The only thing I'd like our factor to do that it doesn't currently do is make it much easier to select which livery that you'd like to race against. Yes. So... When and also release... set up an offline race is really challenging, yeah, aren't they? Do you know these like you've got these the McLaren was a good one. They've got the McLaren Shadow, World's Fastest yes. Gamer and stuff. I really I'm not interested in seeing those liveries at all. So I'd kinda like to see I'd like it easier to pick some downloaded liveries that I've downloaded, some real world ones, and delete some uh, liveries that I don't care about. But other than that, I couldn't care the less about the UI. The UI is just some garbage that you've got to get through, no matter how good it is or how fancy it is. I don't give a toss about it. I just want to skip through all that lot so I can get onto the bloody track and race. That's all I want to do is I want to race. It's the core game, exactly. That's what's important here. Not a UI. The UI could be bright pink and have photographs of yeah, and it could lamps look really, with it could flowers look as in the good as Project Cars too, but look at the core game of that. Exactly, out. exactly. I just really I don't genuinely get it. I don't, don't get think it. Of I just do not get it. I'm right sorry. If, you're, if you are someone that keeps posting on a forum going, you are, you are, you are, there's something you need help. I'm sorry. Okay, no, okay, no, no, do you know what? I feel really attacked by this. I actually, you're being, too, I think, too harsh. About no, the people that moan no, about I the UI. No, I think it's pathetic. <laughs> no, I don't don't no. put too fine a point on it, Paul. <laughs> no, I do. Right, I can... then. 28 minutes and you've already got me going. Right, yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but I can, see, uh, I can see Joe's point of view about people being frustrated about some content or something. Don't yeah, matter if it's it UI. Being teased. I get that. Whatever it I is, do, is irrelevant. I, do yeah. That. Yeah. I get that, that people have said, no, come on, you've talked about it and nothing's happened. But also, to counter that, I think people that keep asking about it are unreasonable because our factor have pretty much come out and said, yes, we anticipated it being this long and actually it turns out to be a hell of a lot longer. So uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I would rather than bring something new out, be it UI, car, whatever, finished, than bring something out quick to satisfy the people asking for it that's botched or broken or not to its full potential. So... We all know in products, any product, you release something that's bad and that stigma will stick to that for its whole life. Even if you've improved it beyond recognition, it will always be... If a big update comes out for Project Cars 2 that suddenly makes it a good game, people who think it's garbage, myself included, will still think it's garbage because that stink sticks to your clothes. Yeah, Yeah, it's a bit like when your finger goes through the toilet paper, isn't it? Right, that's absolutely nothing like it. Yeah. But pray tell, and, and and you know, like, and it happens, and you know, you wash your hands, but your your finger still smells, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is Come this on, is you all know. this you is all the know. most peculiar link to the UI in Factor Two <laughs> I've ever heard. What you're saying is like you know, stuff stinks. The stink doesn't go, right? Yes, I know. I'm joking aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but how bad does your shit stink that it can't wash off? You can't your say that word. 30 minutes, Poo. 28 Poo. seconds, Poo. you need to put a beep Poo. in, Paul. Yeah, have to put a beep in. 30 yeah. minutes, 28, get it wrote down there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just, I just find it weird. It's, 
I try to be uh, empathetic. Is empathetic a word? I yes, try to, it is. Yeah, with people. Because obviously everybody's got different opinions on everything in life and that's what makes the rich tapestry of life that we live. So I often try and empathise, thank you, with people when they have a different opinion to myself on, on sim racing matters. But I just cannot tell you to my mind why people care about the UI. Yeah, that's the thing. Like normally, you know, I know, you know, like all jokes aside, you know, like calling, you know, calling people pathetic is probably a bit harsh, but thing is that I just don't understand like I, I can reason with people and I can understand their opinions and you know and sometimes I have an opinion x and and I have a debate with a friend or, or a colleague or whatever it may be and my opinion could be changed you know because it because they come out of it with a certain angle and like oh yeah you know what I've not really thought about this and not really thought about that okay yeah okay I kind of see where you're coming from with the UI thing I think people are just being petty yeah. they're just being silly if it made the core game better if a new UI comes banded together with really good physics or really good yeah. force feedback or allows you to do something that you can't do now that's significant, yeah. then I would get that. But at the end of the day, once you've navigated new or old AI, uh, UI, yeah. when you hit race, it's the same still, still same content, which yeah. is fantastic in my opinion. Exactly. It's so the, it, what's the point? Like? Yeah, I don't, yeah. And I, and I, and I you know, and like it's I say... It's like meeting I mean, a girl. It's like meeting a girl and going on a date and saying, oh, I really don't like that dress, so let's not date anymore. <laughs> but it's still the but same really girl. Like the girl. Yeah. It's still a pretty yeah. girl or whatever. Yeah. It's still somebody that you get along with. It's yeah. still somebody you can see yourself spending time with, but you really don't like that pattern print. Yeah. Or obviously flip it around, let's not be sexist. Do you meet a guy and. Uh, yeah, well, what, yes, a girl whatever. might meet, meet you, Paul, and look at one of your shirts and go, not for me. Well, uh, that, funnily enough, happens almost daily. <laughs> but that's only for the people that can actually see me because I am invisible to women. But. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and your, it's just, and, and, your, and your wife is pleased to hear that, Paul. Uh, yes, she yeah, really is. Actually, clear, yeah, she's, yeah. she has no she has no worries on that regard whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but it just to me it seems bonkers. It, I mean, let's make a less controversial topic. If you go to buy a house, you've bought a house, Paul. You know. Yes. You, you go to buy a house and you don't like the decor or it's too cluttered. There's too much furniture in it. You look past that at what the potential is or what yes. you can get from it. What you and, can do with it. And yeah. a good or a bad UI at the front end has no impact on the pleasure of the lapery of the car or the race or the online event has no impact on it but things yeah. like faster loading times or sorting out the online experience or bringing interesting content to the sim uh, that does that matters and I'm or with you getting Nürburgring finished you yeah, know like, I, I find like... it weird that you bring a post out saying we've done this this and this which let's be honest R Factor 2 was on its knees before 397 took it over and would probably be of long gone down the world of live for speed where one person's maybe doing something to it every now and again it would have been dead years ago so every update they bring out I look at it and go god that's that's a challenge what they've done and they've They've done really well to get to where they've got to. And I think I'm really excited for that, really pleased for them. Well done, well done. And then first post, hey, guys, awesome update, cheers. Second post, yeah, but what about... You are. And it's oh. the... Ah, oh, I don't I know, get that. I know, I know. But let's, let's not forget, this is the, the this is the first of two scheduled releases to address the issues that have been discovered. And, 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 you know, and they encourage, if you come across any bugs or any peculiar, you know, 
report them to them and they will and they will they will investigate. Do you know what I, I think could be hilarious though? If at the Sid Racing Expo they have this that big booth set up and people can navigate from one screen to another in UI but can't go on track. That'd be hilarious. It's like, <laughs> yeah, come and have a demo. Look at you. You can, you can select your car. Look at that with your pretty screen that you can select yeah. your car yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Right, cheers. Get out of queue. Next person. You pick a car. I think that'd be hilarious. I'd I love mean, that. For, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm you know, like, I know that another contentious issue is the Nürburgring track. And, you know, I think they got announced in the Sim Racing Expo last year. I bet we see that at the Sim Racing and you, Expo. And you, and you possibly, possibly will. That's my bet. Um, and I, and, I, and I, I agree with you on that. Um, but again, it's like that's, that can wait. Like I'd rather they fix the, um, you know, the issues with Steam, the issues with the game itself. Another thing I think we've realised, it, it, uh, the staffers at Race Department realised that you need the Steam client open on any on any server at the moment um, to run uh, race to part uh, to run our factor two races. Um, so for our club events, we've realised you need the the client open on the server. Um, but yeah, uh, some it looks like some huge gains have been made. I've not like I say I haven't raced in it since, but the feedback I've read online has been um, positive, which is really good to see for them because you know they don't they don't make bucket loads of money out of this. They do it for the love. Um, well, that's the thing. We did an interview, didn't we, not long ago with Marcel. And he didn't explicitly say it, but trying, trying to read between the lines of his answers, it sounded to me like the other core business, like the Luminous stuff and whatever, is basically the revenue for this project and the revenue for paying people, not sales. That's yeah, what I mean. I yeah. might, a caveat time, if Marcel's listening, I might have got that completely and utterly wrong. But yes. reading the answers, because we did it in written form, not vocal, and I've not spoken about it with Marcel because that's just an inappropriate conversation to have. But uh, reading between the lines of the answers, that strikes me as they're not making their money. They're not earning a crust or profit or a living from selling copies of R Factor 2 or selling copies of DLC. I think they're doing that through their core business is what's putting bread on the table and keeping staff employed and keeping the lights on. And this is a labour of love where they probably try to recoup the licence fees with the DLC, but they're not driving around in Ferraris and making tonnes and tonnes of money off this by any stretch of imagination. They're doing it because they can. Like some people, when you've made it in the world of work, in your 50s or whatever, you go and buy a track car. Well, what they've done is they've gone and bought a simulation that they believe in and they, for the good of themselves and everybody else, uh, making it what it is. And I respect that massively. Yeah, yeah, I do too, I do. Right. But then again, uh, I might be wrong that they could be absolutely coining it in for all I know. I'm just yeah, going on what yeah, I've read. Just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, they just, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just pretend they're not going Yeah. Because yeah. they've all saved it for this big UI. <laughs> 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 Any last words, Joe, on that? R Factor 2? Not really, no. You've pretty much belittled me. Yeah, of course we did, mate. Of course we did. Uh, but nothing's new there. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, next item, W Series. Uh, so the first season has ended with um, Jamie Chadwick, uh, which she was crowned champion at uh, Brands Hatch. Uh, again, uh, I should, really should have gone to that because it was close to me. But I don't think the weather was too great. It was wet, wasn't it? I think it was wet. That's probably why I didn't go. Um, What's wrong with you, man? What, where, where are the reasons? Where the fun uh, is? Oh, 
Listen, listen I, I think I'd had a busy Saturday or something. I was knackered. I can't remember. No, oh, anyway, anyway. bless you. I had a busy Saturday. Listen, cool. listen, listen, listen. I'm, I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as well as as well as well winning that championship, she, she also remains the uh, official development driver for Williams F1. Uh, she also uh, has a role with the Aston Martin Jr. in their GT program. And, you know, there might now be over door, other doors opening up for her. Um, and, you know, she won half a million US dollars. Um, I watched a couple of races. Um, the racing actually was pretty entertaining. There were a few mistakes which are going to happen in people's rookie seasons because let's not forget they were all rookies really in the series. Um, I know that, um, for instance, uh, Esme Hawkey, uh, I know that she races in the Porsche GTs in the UK, so completely different type of class, but I know that she um, is often uh, wins her class in the Porsches that she races. So she's obviously got some um, driving pedigree. Um, so a great first season. Um, and now they're already turning their attentions to season number two. Um, and again, they're doing some um, qualifiers in um, in Spain. Um, Circuit de Amira, is that how you pronounce it? Something um, like that. I've never heard of that place before. No, actually. to be honest, I hadn't heard of it until before um, <laughs> before the last season. Um, so uh, coming to yeah. a set of course a mod near you soon, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, might 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 well be. Um, but also, like, see, they're they're, they're, in, they're introducing super license points, Paul. For yeah, this that's good. I mean, I just want to go back to the twenty nineteen season yeah, sure. for a second. Yeah. I enjoyed the on track product. I enjoyed the racing, I must admit. The, I've watched most of it, not all, but uh, the vast majority of it. And I actually thought the racing were quite good, as it often is when you've got mixed experience and skill yeah, and all. Yeah. It's like the Jeanette Juniors with the kids in it. That's probably the best racing you're ever going to see because they show no fear. And there's a lot of different variants in skill and all that good stuff. So the actual racing itself was good. But I must admit, I was a little bit disappointed in Jamie Chadwick this season. I think she's a talent. She's definitely, for my money, to the best of my knowledge anyway, one of the strongest female racers well, out there. she only finished fourth at Brands, didn't she? Well, I, just, I don't think she dominated it enough. Right. Because, I mean, let's be really, really honest about this uh, before we get the sexist brigade out there and all that good stuff. It wasn't a field packed full of quality. Alice Powell's a known quantity, uh, but she's kind of, sort of really, I think she's had her peak uh, a few years ago when she won the uh, BRDC, British right. Formula yeah. 3 Championship. So still a good driver, nonetheless. Uh, Esme Yorkie, like you say, she's quite a good up-and-coming driver that's done, that's done good work at a high level. But everybody else were kind of like a mix of no-names or rookies. And I yeah. would have thought someone like Chadwick, who's been at a high level for a long time, even though she's only young, she came to my attention in Ginetta Juniors. Again, going back to that on the... BTC support paddock three or four years ago. And Aston Martin Jr., she's won the GT4 category of the British GT Championship. That's not to be sniffed at. Uh, so she's, she's got good pedigree, but she didn't stamp her authority on that category I like I right. would have expected. Yeah. And that kind of... I was just a bit... Dis I think, and again, this is a dangerous comment that's going to spark some debate. I'm a little bit suspicious of the motives of bringing her as a Williams development driver this early. Because I, I feel that's a political decision rather than an outright talent decision. Well, it could be a commercial decision. Well, a commercial decision, political, whatever you want to wrap well, it up well, as. I think, a... we, I think we said this before about Susie Wolfe, didn't we? When we oh, without we, a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow. Spoke, when we originally spoke about um, the W Series, and I, I think mean, I mentioned I went to um, Race of Champions at, 
at the Olympic Park. And, yeah, uh, she went up against David Coulthard and was so slow in comparison. Well, I mean, Susie Wolf, bless her. She, she's done a lot for, for women in motorsport oh, with her yeah, initiatives and whatnot. She's like. opened she's, doors. That, yeah, yeah, and she's doing a great before. job in Formula E when Venturi, running Venturi and yes, whatnot. Yes, yes, But as a driver, she was garbage, unfortunately. When she, was, no, when she right. was Susie Stoddart, I think it was, back in the day, she raced in DTM at the same time Catherine Legg did, uh, the two female top level female drivers at the time and she was always rooted firmly at the back by a massive massive margin and it's kind of I'm all for women in motorsport I've got no qualms whatsoever but I do think it's a little bit of the uh, oh god what's the Spanish lady that used to be a Renault development driver uh, oh you oh, know what I mean? I forget her yeah. name now. Yeah, I can't. It's all, which pretty much sums everything up about her. It's kind of like a little bit, almost an Im a negative impact to the series to promote Chadwick to the Williams development role. If you're going to get a woman in motorsport, that's the was one. That's the yeah. one, yeah. Because she was really awful, and there's one reason and one reason only, and that's all about marketing, that she got that role. And... It feels a little bit like that with Chadwick, but what offends me the most about it is Chadwick, potentially, given the space to develop, could get there on merit, but she's been pumped up there a little bit too early. And I, I, I liken it to, let's say you've got a really promising go-kart driver. Let's say you've got Lewis Hamilton at eight years old, yeah. and you look at him and you think, that kid's going to make it to Formula One without any shadow of a doubt. And then at nine years old, you sign him up to be a McLaren development driver. It's obviously not there for any other reason than just marketing yeah. and I think that kind of spoils it a little bit that having won a championship she hadn't even won a championship at the time she got signed she'd done two races a brand new championship with a questionable quality standards first time that you've segregated it to an all-female series as well so there's question marks over whether that's the right or wrong thing to do etc doing that and then promoting it to Williams I think is just it's a little bit disingenuous to her and I think it maybe hurts the female cause more than it helps it because then conversations like this take place where you say, mm, she's not there on merit because one could argue, and I think you could argue quite convincingly, that the FIA European Formula 3 Championship is a higher level than the Formula W because it's got more experienced people in it. Yeah, so it's a higher yeah. level and not one of those has been promoted. So that makes me think, do you really think that she's that much better despite having proven herself considerably less than her colleagues in the European series? Mm, that makes me think that she's got that role because she's female, which I think actually she's good enough to break past that barrier, potentially, maybe, in a future career. But that's been taken away from her, so she's always going to have that. Oh, it's just so, because she's so a woman. So what you're saying is that all of this is kind of undermining her actual raw talent? I think so. Potent uh, potential raw talent. I think this yeah. year she's not shown enough of it and it's disappointed me. But I still think she's certainly out of the whole Formula W grid. She's got the W Series grid, sorry. She's got the biggest potential. But again, and this is what I go back to a podcast from we've had previously when it first started. I fundamentally disagree with the W Series. I don't think having a female-only category is right, right call at all. Uh, so it's still questionable how good she actually is until she races against... Uh, a no, an unrestricted field of drivers so too early to get promoted and I think that's kind of undermined it a little bit and I think also what kind of gives me a, a bit of a bad taste in the mouth about the category I read this comment that somebody posted and it's a really good one in a way that I'd not thought about it if they were serious about finding a quality female racing driver that can make it up to the top rungs of the ladder the budget 
the prize money should be enough to buy a drive in Formula 3 or fund a drive, should I say, in Formula 3 or GP3 next year. And it's nowhere near. So it kind of feels a little bit like, oh, they've invited the top 12 back again, which again, it kind of feels, feels like they're running a series for the sake of running a series rather than to genuinely find, promote, support and facilitate talent that otherwise wouldn't have got exposure. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Oh, when I read it, I thought that. I thought, you know that, what, that's, that's a really, really that's good a really point. Good, that's a really good point, because it kind of undermines a series in a way, doesn't it? Because what's the next step? Well, it feels... Is, cause yeah, exactly. Because the whole, the whole point, I think, of W... Because like, I've said this before, and when we spoke about it before. Like, as guys, I don't think we realise sometimes how easy we kind of have it, you know, um, talking to female colleagues at work and things... And the thing is, well, in an ideal world, yeah, I mean, like, a woman would get into Formula 1 team based on merit. But unfortunately, a lot of the old guard are still about. And I don't think the next generation are quite there yet in those teams. And it will improve over time. And like I said before, um, maybe W Series is a bit of a gimmick. But it kind of also, I think it's, high, it's there to highlight the fact that, you know, there's it, it, not enough women in motorsport. And, and I think maybe... though, if that was the USP of it from the beginning, that would be absolutely fine. If they say, we've physically not got enough numbers of women in motorsport, so we're going to create something to increase that, that number. Well, that's how I understand if it. If that's what they'd sold it as. But they're trying to say that they, they're trying to put, from what I understand it, they're trying to put female drivers on an equal level to their male counterparts. They're trying to discover the next... Uh, top-level female talent. And it, feel, it feels like they're trying to be a little bit too much of everything and not enough of anything. If you were looking for... If this is solely designed at getting women in racing cars, exposing that to the world and hoping that young women see it and think, oh, yeah, this is for me, I can do this, then that's fine. But if they're looking for the next Williams driver or the next Formula One driver or the next professional high-level racing driver... For me, which is what I believe they've, they've tried to say is what they're trying to do when they've used uh, Chadwick as a, as a poster as girl example, for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It kind of like, it feels a little bit fake and a little bit... Mm, if that's what you wanted to do, you should have had a five million, like I said at the beginning, a five million prize fund, get 30 applicants like you did, rigorous, like the McLaren Autosport Young Driver of the Year Awards type thing, 15 different cars, professional judges, train them, teach them, and the best three have a Netflix TV series made about them. You give them a budget and they go racing Formula 3 and they've got driver coaches. And then you, put, you give them a drive on a level playing field with their male counterparts in a recognised stepping stone formula and they make it or they don't. Like, exactly, in fact, thinking about it, exactly like they used to do with the GT Academy for gamers. But obviously yeah, but not the, the gaming the problem, aspect. I think the problem is though, you need the younger generation to get you know, to understand that, that it's something that, that women slash girls can do, right? But don't so, you think, though, by saying girls can't do it if they have their own special championship no, is I the wrong I message? Well, no, not necessarily. I think it's good to kind of like, uh, it's kind of like to help promote it. Because like I said before, I think W Series has got a short lifespan. Yes, it's a placeholder. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's like, um, it's trying to build those foundations. It's trying to build those building blocks. Because I think it is a, it is a male dominated dominated sport. Um, like for instance, when I, when I like it's just a bit like a bit of a sidestep. But when I have conversations with my youngest niece, and she's four, she turns five in a couple of weeks. She's all about no, that's girls, that's a boys thing. Like she's already no, no, you Uncle Paul, you can't play with that because that's pink. 
You know? Yeah, yeah, like, I see that, yeah. You know, like, and and also, like, I tried to get, like, the other day, she was talking about having a princess party, and I was like, well, what princess can I come at to your party? She's like, well, you can't dress as a princess because you're a boy. And I, I think, and I think that, I think that kind of explains a part of the problem is that quite early on, kids learn that that's for boys and this is for girls. And whatever Don't it may you think be, that message, it, though, would be better at a grassroots level? Because if a, yeah, if a, yeah, if a young woman, right. if, if a young and, woman at 14 sees this and thinks, oh, yeah, damn, motor race, I didn't realise I, I, I've bought into this, I like it, I've seen W Series, awesome, I'm a 14-year-old young woman, I'm going to go racing. They've still got all the, uh, the sexism and bias and everything encarted in the junior formula because they're yeah. not going to step into a W Series car. No, they're not. So running a series for people think, that aren't think... good enough or has-beens or no-names, which I'm, unfortunately, that's what we're talking about here. There's, there's not any massive talents in there apart from arguably Chadwick, yeah, the who, Turkish who, lady who finished second. Yeah, point out, didn't really storm away like we yeah. everyone else expected. That's kind of like a little bit, because what you've got to remember, again, I'm all for increasing engagement across the board in motorsport yeah. but that's kind of like it's we saying reach well out it's okay series, shouldn't we? We, we should reach out and see if they would the thing is the message is saying the message it's okay just to compete and that's fine when you're talking to kids and they're playing football or soccer wherever you're listening to mm-hmm. this from mm-hmm. but this is motor racing where it's cutthroat and we only want winners because the winners are the only people the Nigel Mansells who remortgage the house to get a Grand Prix drive so having a Let's have an inclusive championship. Doesn't work for me. Get into karting. Put a shed of load of money. Get Felipe Massa, who's the karting commission president, to put a load of money, time and effort into the children in karting. And get these young women who are four, five, six years old. Show them that they can start racing alongside their boys. They can start racing. And then get the next genuinely good talent. Don't be giving leg ups to people who are never going to be good enough if they were a guy. Because that's just the wrong message. It's not about competing. Because if these women do the W Series and then try and get into blank pad or WEC, touring cars, whatever, they're going to get hammered. And they've not got the hunger like a a young lad who's been racing since six. So you want the four or five-year-old girls to be hooked to show that it's okay at six years old to go karting, Mm. to have the support, Mm. the facilities. So that six-year-old girl, when she's a 14, 15-year-old girl, has been doing it like her male counterparts for the last seven or eight years and is a bloody good talent and the best will rise to the top. And like, like with men, Best will rise to the top. The the also Ranzel will fade away into nothing. Yeah. But here it feels, it just feels uncomfortable to I me. It feels gimmicky. I, I, get, I get your angle, but I think what we have to be conscious of is that we're guys talking about it. Um, you know, and we haven't necessarily been on the other. You know, no, I get, I get on that. Foot, but you know, like, it just feels like the Susie Wolf from, from a, from a, a, a female racer's perspective. You know, but I think a lot of those have already got a good thing. I mean, one of the most one of the girl, the female racers that I respect the most is uh, Sophia Flersch. I think she's a really good driver. I don't think she's world class, but she's well, she definitely. Was she the one that had the accident? In, yes, the um, massive Macau yeah, crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's not world class, not at all. But she may well probably earn uh, a career out of it, in, not in Formula One, but in the lower rungs. So she's a, she's a good talent, but I respect her because I like the way she presents herself. She comes across sensible, and as and she's already she's slated. W Series constantly on social media about giving the wrong message. And I think somebody like Flourish, who's in lower quality teams in Formula 3, put a TV series around her 
give her some funding and get her into a good car and see what she can do. And I think that would be far more entertaining to shine a spotlight from the, a viewer's point of view. It would be far more entertaining to shine a spotlight on the struggle. Because, again, and I mean no disrespect to these people, but Catherine Legg, Susie Wolf, they all got really quite high in motorsport. We're blatantly not having enough talent. Nowhere near enough talent. And uh, Maria de Valotta, uh, rest in peace, and uh, Carmen Jorda, uh, all got really high into motorsport, far higher than their talent allowed. And that set the course for female racers back a long, long way because any time you talk to somebody who's a bit ignorant to the facts or isn't minded to be as uh, liberal... Uh, is it liberal, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It, they go, well, yeah, it's just a woman. That's why she's in Formula One. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and, that is, and to be honest, although it's a very bigoty way of putting it, yeah. it's right. She's only in Formula One because she's a woman. Because if you're a guy... There were a ton of people beat her that never got into Formula One. So I'd much, much rather see a lot of work at grassroots nurturing the nurturing the understanding before they even start racing that yes, boys and girls can do this. Well, and then when a girl gets in there, do something about it. And then when you've got people like Alice Powell or Jamie Chadwick, so people who've already proven themselves to a lesser or greater degree, get a TV series around them, give them some funding so the wider picture can see look, there are actually women already in this, so this is the aspirational stuff. And look, look at the uh, barriers that they're subject to and that they're overcoming. He's a camera on it. Christ, let's really shine a light on that and give them some funding. So Esme Oki, for example, I haven't really seen much of her, to be honest, in racing, but she's racing in, uh, is it the AM category of the Porsche Carrera Cup yeah, GP? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So if she is a good driver, I don't know. If she's a good driver, that's a prime candidate to get a TV crew, some backing, and put her in Carrera Cup Deutschland or the Mobile One Super Cup, whatever it's called nowadays. So give her a, a seat or get her in a seat that's capable of fighting for a win in the top level of the Porsche Carrera Cup and watch the girls take on the boys and show that it can be done at the same time as you're going into schools and saying, go kartings for anybody. And it's actually affordable too because, let's be honest, my niece, she's into football, she's 11 and she's really, really good actually. Uh, but if she wanted to go karting, there's no way, want to go racing, A, she's too old and B, there's no way we could afford to put her in W Series. But you could definitely afford to get her in a go-kart if she showed that inclination. So yeah, it's like the yeah. Sim Racing Expo thing. What it feels to me like we're doing is we're going in and looking at the high-level stuff, but actually rather not quite the, having the tools the to do it. Yeah, the stuff yeah. that matters. Make a difference. If you've got to be a long-term thing, this feels like, to me, a gimmick. A and I think it's a pain, though, would you say? A dangerous gimmick, because actually this is, this is uh, accentuating that impression from a majority of people that, well... Well, we see it every time I post about it in RD. Loads of people coming up, why have we got a championship just for girls? And we can't tell how good these people are anyway because they've not raced against anyone that actually has done anything, blah, 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 blah. All that would go away if you funded Jamie Chadwick in GP3. Yeah. And that yeah. is, she is good enough. I'm not being funny, but I also kind of disagree with the uh, inherent sexism in the sport because motor racing is about making money as well as racing yeah. you get a talented female driver in Formula 1 that's, that's there on merit that's a gold mine of unique selling point cash. of cash yeah. marketability yeah. because if you've got and again I mean no disrespect, disrespect to these drivers Kevin Magnussen okay he's a bit of an ass, but he does a solid job in a Haas 
Yes. If you got a female that did the same job as Kevin Magnussen, you would get so much more mileage from sponsorship, from shining attention to your team, through marketing, public. Yeah, you would, So yeah. much more than you would with K-Mag. So you only need a journeyman driver, or a journeywoman driver, should I say, in Formula 1. So I actually think... Would that for be the a journey right person talent, now? A journey that, person, yeah, yes. Yeah. The right talent, who's, yeah. a, who's a lady that goes racing, I actually think doors would open wider for her than they would do for yeah, a guy. Of course they would, yeah. Of course they but would. But I just genuinely think we've not had the right talent there yet and then people attacking on sexism onto it. Oh, well, there's no opportunity for women because it's pure and simple maths. There are... I'm, I'm making these numbers up, by the way. For every 10,000 lads that go, I'm going to go karting, there's three women. Yeah. Out of those 10,000 lads, one makes it. Well, so if there's three women, not one make it. <laughs> I made about my niece, you know, she probably never think about, you know, anything motorsport. You know, she probably more think about hairdressing or, you know, like the typical yeah, so kind that of door, things. That, that, that door needs put... opening to her at the beginning. Yeah. It's too late when she's 23. Exactly. That door needs opening to her when yeah. she's five. Yeah. To know that she can start karting at the same yeah. time that my little boy will go karting. Exactly. And that's the thing what we've missed, I think. And I do think that this is giving out wholesome, wrong message. That this is just saying, well, look, I'm going to be a little bit kind of like tongue-in-cheek and disrespectful in this statement, but, oh, look, we've done something for the girls, yay! And that's really kind of like not what it is at all, and it feels a little bit... Mm. I, think, I, think, I think the intention is right. Yeah, I for just, sure, for I, sure. And I get why they're trying... I get... I understand. I think, again, like I say, I, because we're seeing it from a male's perspective, that, you know, and, and you're right, I mean, um, the, the uh, Floria, sorry, Sophia... Uh, Sophia Flash. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it'd be interesting to understand her thoughts on W Series, but she's been know, really vocal it, on Twitter and stuff, saying pretty much similar stuff to what I'm saying that it's right. it's you've got to earn your your keep, and if we give some financial backing to allow people to earn the keep, because maybe they can't get their foot in the door uh, quite as much as a guy can, then there's nothing wrong with that because you have pay drivers who actually aren't pay drivers. They're just there because they've managed to bring money. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that at all. Uh, but just kind of like giving it to somebody because of their sex. Right. Okay. Not too sure about that. Okay. All right. I, uh, Sorry, guys. I went no, on. That's <laughs> Sorry, fine. That's fine. Quite fine. a hot Joe, topic for me. Joe, I mean, you, I don't know if you're still awake, but um, after all of that, um, but have you got any views on W Series? Uh Pretty much replicate uh, what you said. I think it's not a good... Well, it's it's in good intentions, but it's not a good idea to give them one single series because ultimately, Formula One isn't just men. Of course, it is just men, but it isn't saying no women are allowed. What you're saying with this series are no men are allowed. But what, why should... I'm not trying to... It's really, really hard to step around this topic because of how sensitive the issue is. But I don't feel it's... It's it's right to give women this uh, this level of oh look it's just women at this level of motorsport when actually from the only I don't watch it much I don't know about much of it but all I know is that the very first round because that's all I ever heard about the very first round was rubbish because of the gaps between everyone then I heard nothing about it and that just shows that it's not getting any attention anyway like it thought it was going to get it's not the level that they were hoping it to be and i just don't think it's worked and i don't think it should continue yeah i think they should change the formats like i think it maybe should be two races at a weekend and things like that yeah that would be better as well yeah. wouldn't it? i yeah. think so if you get compromised on your opening lap yeah it's game over for you and in a yeah. championship where there's 
relatively inexperienced drivers. Yeah, exactly. But it's good though. One thing it is good. It's on the DTM support bill, so they've got some good crowds, and that's a good effort for a first-time series to get up to that level. So that that is good. They've got a good uh, TV package with Channel Four in the UK showing races, and some good presence on YouTube and whatnot. They they stream it on Twitter and YouTube in other other countries where they haven't got TV deals. So yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Second season. I just thought that was telling, though, what that commenter made about the fact that if he was serious about making a, a quality driver uh, out of it or progressing people's money, career properly, you'd have enough money to do something. Yeah. And that yeah. they don't, and that's, that's a bit that's bonkers. A very, very, that's a very valid point, actually. Really astute um, insight, I thought, when I read that. I thought, you know what, I've not thought about that. No, that's a damn I. fine point. No. No. And the no, fact that they're inviting the top 12 back... It kind of feels a little bit self-fulfilling as though it's just a category for the sake of a category where, to me, it should be like a, a proper junior formula where the majority of the field move on and you get two or three people that stay. Like you yeah. get, In every category, I mean, you get people in Formula 2 He's that off again, Joe. Hold on. are only ever going to be Formula 2 drivers and they're making a career out of it sort of thing. They do the five years maximum and then they leave. Uh, yeah. Anyway, whatever. I'll anyway, move on. Anyway, you've whittled on long enough about this. I think, I think we need to... Sorry, uh, move it's on. It's okay, mate. I think we need to um, move along It's swiftly. a good job you've got chapter skips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they would have listened to it. To, uh, yeah, I, I put a warning at the beginning of item number three. Going, Paul does whittle on. We recommend you skip this. Uh, <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> um, right, uh, next item... McLaren and IndyCar. So after the Indy 500 debacle, which we talked at quite at quite some length, didn't we? Um, about the the not being the steering wheel, then the color the color of the car was wrong, <laughs> um, and yeah, just all kinds of. Um, and we did talk about would would McLaren commit to a full IndyCar season? Well, Mister Jeffrey, that's exactly what they've gone and done, isn't it? And important, most important. Importantist, that's not a word. Most importantly of all, they've partnered with Arrow SMP, yes, which are a really solid outfit because I think and it's I, a Chevrolet engine, not Honda as well, yeah, which is a bit of a bummer because Chevrolet is not quite at the level of Honda at the moment, but it's not far off. But I think Arrow, Arrow SMP last year or this year, even uh, with the IndyCar one, they partnered up with Carlin, wasn't it? And frankly, they're just not on the pace, so uh, to do it with a, a solid well-grounded team that have got some experienced staff and they know what the crack is with IndyCar racing, then throw McLaren's might into it and some of their people. They've got themselves a pretty damn fine-looking package for next year. And I think Hinchcliffe's staying, isn't he? I understand he's been on social media kind of tweeting that he's uh, going the Chevrolet route, which basically means he's staying at Arrow. And he's a good, right. he's a good driver, is uh, James Hinchcliffe. So I'm guessing the other driver's going to be Alonso, is it? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's doing Paris Dakar, isn't he? Right, I don't think okay. he's shown much interest in doing an IndyCar campaign. Shame. It is a shame. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, I think it'd be good because I think it it bring kind of a European contingent to the IndyCar market. Well, you saw the Wouldn't fanfare it? about Alonso doing Indy, so it'd yeah. put a lot of eyes on the series. That'd be a really big, really big noise. But I don't know. I just get the impression that Alonso's got some brain cells and just really doesn't fancy risking life and limb on some of these weird ovals. Yeah, in the race yeah. I mean, there, there, there is that, isn't there? I mean, some of the crashes, Joe, that you see at IndyCar. I mean, you know, drivers are lucky to come away with their lives when they hit that uh, concrete wall. 
Uh, definitely, well, not all the time that they do, unfortunately. There is quite a considerable amount of um, uh, life-threatening crashes and also crashes that have caused people to lose their their life in a way of not their actual lives but their livelihoods because we've got the driver who crashed at Pocono last year. Um, he's currently trying to walk again. That's right. Yeah, I forget and, his and name. Then, yeah, Robert Wickens. Uh, thank that's you. Who's actually an arrow driver as well, so he'll be in a McLaren when he's fully fit. And not, not only to do that, we then got he's come out with a statement because of that huge accident that's recently happened again at Pocono. So they're already saying that IndyCar is absolutely dangerous anyway. And when your driver says, look, this track shouldn't be on this calendar, this track shouldn't be on the calendar. It is, but unfortunately, that's the way the motorsport is. And definitely, overweights, when you see NASCAR crashes, they are horrible. The amount of, uh, like, the how big they are, put you in an open-wheel car going the exact same speed, if not faster, it is... I think you are right with... Fernando Alonso has got more brain cells than to do that. Yeah. I guess that is that is the risk with video. I've, I've watched maybe three races of IndyCar this season. I, um, I, I honestly forget when it's on a lot of the time. Um, but of what I've Read watched... Read RD, man. Every single round, I put uh, a discussion through. Yeah, oh, come I, on, yeah, I, I do, yeah, I provide do. the service here, dude. What's wrong I with you? <laughs> I know, I know. I do see them. I'll be honest. I do, I do see them, and I just forget. Um, but I mean, one weekend, I think I, I watched F1, MotoGP, and IndyCar, and some um, some World Rally. I was having a great. Hey, that's um, a weekend, isn't it? That's a great Sunday. That was. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, I think you're right. You know, the, the risk in IndyCar, but I. I love the push to pass thing about IndyCar. Um, the fact that they get it for X amount of time, um, and it's a bit more, um, I think, strategic sometimes. Well, um, the race on tracks that you can actually pass on as well. Yeah, you know well, why? I mean, we Diffic- had the discussion difficult about track tracks. limits, didn't we? Was it? Well, it was at Texas, wasn't it? Where yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but so yeah, IndyCar's I, I, amazing. I do, I, do um, I do enjoy it. And I love their camera work they have on it as well, and I love the fact that if you watch it on in the UK, it's on Sky from F1 channel. But uh, because in America they have a lot of adverts, um, when you watch it over here, you just get the sound of the cars with no commentary, which is kind which of nice, based actually. on the commentators that they use is probably not a bad thing. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a fan of the whole presentation team. Uh, it's nice to see Paul Tracy on screen, but yeah, I just I also I think IndyCar as well because of what it is, it's quite an analog car. They race on old school tracks that are quite quirky and stuff. It's very difficult for a European that's not spent their racing life on these tracks to really get up to speed. I mean, you look at like, your Ryan Hunter Ray, who's one of the biggest names. Yes. Uh, he's been racing in the States in one form or another at one time or another for like 20 odd years. You're not going to, no matter how good Fernando Alonso is, and I frankly regard him as the greatest active driver available around at the moment. He's not going to be able to rock up at Virginia or somewhere and compete toe-to-toe with Ryan Hunter-Ray, who's raced there 18 times. It's just not possible because they're very different. Like Formula One, a lot of the circuits are, well, they copy and paste, really, aren't they? It's the same kind of crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where in IndyCar, you've got Surface Paradise. You don't have Surface Paradise anymore, actually. But you get Long Beach, which is quite a unique high-speed street track. Then you've got places like Road America that's a very fast traditional road course. Then you've got 
all these different kinds of ovals, speedway, super speedway, short ovals, tri ovals. Then you've got all these other weird and wonderful airport tracks. I forget which one it's called now, but it's basically just like in an airport, long straight, tight hairpins, a Formula E type thing. And that's very difficult for someone that's not brought up in that racing scene to then go and compete with these big names and a different culture and stuff. And it's Cleveland. Cleveland, thank you. You're welcome. Nice one. Well done, man. Nice, nice. So uh, while you were talking, I just Googled it for you. Oh, you should have. You, you should have. Your encyclopedic knowledge could have oh, been enhanced. No, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a liar to the listener. Nerd reputation, I'm... man. Nerd <laughs> reputation is key in these things. So, yeah, but, but I can't see a lot The last race there was 2007, in. just like to point out. Well, it got, I lost interest when Cart died. I've only really started to fire back up again these last couple of years. I think it's really coming on. But when the Cart's uh, championship finished, you know, when Baudet yeah. were winning a, lot of, oops, winning a lot of things in the old style car, the Reynard chassis, that was that was magic. I loved Cart. I thought it was amazing. But 07, 08 started to peter off and a lot of the teams left. And then it kind of, for me, went a little bit rubbish for a while but last couple of years I think IndyCar's really stepped back up and this year absolutely loved watching the it. The rumour is they're trying to get Cleveland back on the schedule as well as uh, uh, for Cleveland's one of those 2020. Cleveland's one of those crappy tracks well, Laguna that really is garbage. not on the circuit anymore is it? So no it's not that would be amazing Laguna's one of my all time yeah. uh, favourite venues and that would it's be that would be special to see that. I often still I always think when I think Laguna, I think of Zanardi's pass on Jimmy Vassar at the court screw, where just in the two uh, Newman Hass, not Newman Hass, uh, Ganassi red Ganassi cars when he went round the outside and then completely nutly over the runoff zone. That were a, a legendary bit of huge gahunas from Alex Zanardi back mm. in the mid nineties. So yeah. Good series, but I don't think he'll do it. I think they'll keep established drivers. So Hinchcliffe's probably in. Arrow have already promised Wickens a seat if and when he returns to fitness. And their other drivers, Marcus Ericsson, but he's not really pulling no, any trees not. up. No, he's not at all. He struggles, doesn't he? I've, I've Which is not a surprise because he's garbage. Well, yeah, and he's got a funny smile. Going on he's he's anybody who can, anybody who came to the sim race in Expo last year uh, will remember my slightly drunken impression of Marcus Ericsson, but we'll not go there again. Uh, so oh, yeah, I don't, I don't recall that. I don't know if I ever witnessed that. You were drunk. I? It were it was not good. It was not good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting. I think they'll keep to established stars because the other thing for um, McLaren, one of the keys for them, is to expand their presence and market share in the states. And with the Americans, uh, apologies, any Americans listening, if I'm tarring you all with the same brush, they like nothing better than homegrown talent. So uh, they do. They to do. have an American, yeah. I think Hinchcliffe's Canadian, but to get a fully fledged American, maybe a Colton they Herter. Love them. They're very, uh, they're very loyal to their nation, aren't they, Americans? You know, they love an American car. They, um, they, well, they love everything about their own country. Really. Yeah, cool. yeah, that's lovely actually to see. It gets a little bit overbearing sometimes, but <laughs> it's, lo- it's lovely to see. And yeah. I always think it's hilarious when they're talking about a World Series that only yeah, happens yeah, in yeah. America. Yeah. But hey uh, So, yeah, if McLaren have got any sense, they're actually better to put some homegrown talent in there. So I, I see, personally, I can see Colton Herter getting, uh, getting some love at the McLaren Arrow lineup because he's. Is, a, is an American, is a son of uh, Brian Erta, who's a legend. Uh, and he seems like he's really, really quick. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Colin Herta, James Inchcliffe, and when he's fit, hopefully, uh, Robbie Wickens in the McLaren lineup next yeah. year. 
No. Uh, Joe, you got any comments on uh, McLaren, IndyCar? Anything further? No, not really. Anything further? I think you pretty much covered it all. Yeah. Are you excited think, though, Joe? Think, Are you excited to see McLaren uh, try something different? Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Bearing in mind they've obviously now done a little bit better in F1 this year, that I'm hoping that their success continues there, and also that they're able to replicate that sort of uh, success they've had in the past over an IndyCar. Of course, this year with their a failed run at Indianapolis. Um. Hopefully, a full season uh, being committed by the team will help them once they go to the uh, indie circuit this year. And we might see Fernando back again this year. Certainly not probably for the entire season, but I'm thinking for IndyCar, uh, for Indianapolis, so I think he might come back. Do you think, though, the team are... This is to both of you. Do you think McLaren, as an organisation, are overstretching themselves with, obviously, the Formula One resurgence... They're talking about a hypercar in the new 2021 WEC, and then obviously a full tilt to IndyCar as well, plus their growing road supercar manufacturing business. Yes. That's a big ask, isn't it? I think they are. Uh, and I think since we've seen them start to stretch even further in their road business, I think that's when we saw McLaren really take a dive in uh, Formula One. They've started to work themselves back up again, and I think... Next year, being in the car, probably not going to hurt them too much. But with also doing the hypercar as well, it might start to impact them because their resources won't all be on F1. So it might hurt them in the fact that they have got to separate their resources up and it will just bring their team back down again, which I don't think anyone wants. Um, good question. Not sure. Uh, potentially, I guess the risk is there, like you say, if they're stretching their resources. But I don't know how they work. So they might have ex-members of staff that are dedicated to Formula One, IndyCar and, and other series and, 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 and their road production cars. I don't know how much of a crossover there is between their own their own staff. I think um, financially, it's probably going to be quite... Um, something for them just because their outgoings will be um, will be more. Um, I'm guessing they're they're feeling quietly confident that they could they could do something in all areas, whether that be sell more production cars. And that's another thing, you know, if they're in IndyCar, their names out there, um, that might you know increase their sales in the big old US of A. You know, there's um, again we talk about marketing um, from a W Series standpoint. Well, you could probably say the same thing here from. Um, from you know, from an IndyCar, Indy 500 standpoint, you know, I know it was to give Alonso a drive, but also, you know, it got people talking about McLaren, and um, you know, obviously they didn't did qualify for the last one, didn't go too great, but if they can do well in the IndyCar series, then they might see more um, sales of their um, their sports cars. So who knows? That's my view. Right. Nice. Nice. Nice for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> right. Uh, last item on the agenda. I just tapped this on the end because I know we spoke about Formula One at quite some length last time and there'll be some of you going, oh, not Formula One again. Sorry about that. But I think we need to touch on this. Um, so Is this basically because nothing's happening in sim race at the moment? <laughs> well, no. I think It's been a bit no, quiet. Well, we had the GT, GTR3 picture that you put up the other day didn't you oh christ yeah we should have talked about that that well, they've they got, got some uh, well, uh, we can still talk about that if you want after because this one will be pretty quick i'd imagine we can fit it in we've got i don't know and 17 minutes paul let's live on the edge yeah. um, right um 
So um, we talked about um, Red Bull, didn't we? Pierre Gasly and Verstappen and how there was so much of a gap. We were saying how well Albon and Kvyat were doing for uh, Toro Rosso. And we said, you know, would you give Kvyat the, 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 the seat again at Red Bull? We kind of said, well, he's kind of had it before. Well, not long after that, ladies and gentlemen, Red Bull, when they blame me again, Albon the seat. Uh, just what? Hello? Hey? Right decision, wrong decision. Guys, what, what are your thoughts? Right decision, categorically. I don't think, I don't rate Kvyat. He's had his time, he's not good enough. He's a stopgap driver. If they'd have had a better choice, they would have picked somebody else, I think. Albon's probably still too early to get promoted. Uh, I hope it doesn't break his career, but uh, he's impressed me hugely this season as Alex Albon. So uh, I hope it's not too soon for him and he, he, he goes forth from here and has a successful career. But I do worry. Mid-season switches never work out that well, apart from Verstappen. Uh, and he is only 12 races into his career. So yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, I personally would have kept the... Although Gasly's proven himself to be garbage, to protect the youngsters, I would have kept them as they were. Because, I'm not being funny, but I'm sure Red Bull can see every iota of data from Toro Rosso. So it's not like they're going to learn anything new from having Albon in the garage, apart from... Do the Red Bull Red Bull overalls fit? <laughs> That's it. Joe? Hello? Joe? No, so, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I I don't know. I think I'm a bit on like Paul with this. I think it is a, it's certainly the right choice to make. Certainly shouldn't have chose um, Kvyat because yeah, he's had his time. He's not good. But Albon's not been there for long. He's only been in Formula 1 for 12 races. It's not going to be like he can step up to the plate and that's it, he's going to be the best. Because he's he's not. Uh, like you said, the only mid-season change that's ever worked has been Verstappen. And I'm sure that Verstappen had a year in Formula 1 prior to being promoted. And I think Albon needed at least that because I think this is going to really hinder his career because he's not going to be able to perform as well as Verstappen. There's no way. In Actual fact, I think he is going to perform worse than Gasly has been performing. Um, so I think this is going to really hurt his uh, career because he's going to get demoted. And like Kivia, it just he won't be able to claw his way back up again. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was. I mean, I was very surprised about the decision. Um, like you both, I do fear for Albon's career now um, because you know. Uh, what do they do? If he doesn't perform, do they then boot Gasly or Kvyat out of the Toro Rosso and put him back in the Toro Rosso? Um, or next season, would neither of those drivers be there? It's just, it's, it, it, it does seem a bit of an odd decision. I do think he's a better driver than Gasly, though. Um, it's, he impresses me off. Oh, yeah, for sure. He impresses me off the track with his calm persona. Um, and he's very softly spoken. I think we said this last time that when he went wheel to wheel, was it with Kvyat, wasn't it? I mean, it was a great bit of racing between the Toro Rosso drivers. I mean, if I was the um, head of Toro Rosso, it would have been, my heart would have been um, going nuts. But as a spectator, it was a great bit of racing for at least a lap. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an odd one. I think it came as a big surprise to the whole F1 fan base. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, and... It seems that they're playing like a high-risk card here. That's the thing, isn't it? It's very, very high risk. And I don't see the upside of it. 
Because they're not, because Toro Rosso and Red Bull are so closely aligned, they're not, I don't think, obviously I don't work for them, so I could be wrong, they're not going to learn a great deal more about Albon than they would have done by keeping him with Toro Rosso, because I'm sure they can see all the traces and how he compares to yeah. Kvyat, who's a known quantity. The only thing they can potentially do is hurt is uh, morale and confidence, which is massively important, especially for a youngster in, in any sport. And moving him into Red Bull, which is Verstappen's team, Verstappen's a huge talent, etc. Getting him out of his comfort zone when he's not got much experience to rely on, putting the spotlight on him when, frankly, he's maturing and developing really nicely anyway at Toro Rosso. I would have... I mean, Gasly, basically, you're finished Gasly now because he's been dropped by Red Bull, so there's no point staying at Toro Rosso because he's not going to get the Red Bull drive. Toro Rosso probably won't want to keep him anyway. So Gasly's like done and done. I would have given him the rest of the year if you rated him enough to sign him in the first place. Give him the rest of the year. See how Albon's getting on. And if he doesn't uh, mature and improve at the end of 2019, get rid of Gasly and promote Albon then. Because you're never going to... You know Kvyat's not up to the mark. He might be a better driver than he was when he was there last time, but you know he's not a genuine... What Red Bull need is they need to plan for Verstappen's eventual exit. Because he's not... If Verstappen's young, he's not going to stay at Red Bull for another 10 years. Yeah, so yeah. you need the next Verstappen. You know it's not Kvyat. And you know there are better options than Kvyat to be a number two. So he's off the table, full stop. Let Albon have his year of maturity. Put him in the Red Bull in 2020 if you rate him high enough to think he's a worthy potential driver. And let him have a full season with a full testing programme. Do it traditionally and properly. Give Gasly the time to find the keys to unlock the potential that we all know he's got, but he's just not showing. It just seems a bit... Bizarre to me. So you basically you've you've peed off Kvyat because he knows that the door's never going to open again for Red Bull. So what's point for him? You've peed well, off Gasly. There's other Gaz- teams out there, not just Red Bull. There's not, but you, you basically you drive for Toro Rosso because you want to drive for Red Bull, don't you? That's what it is. It's the the oh, youngsters' I, I, proving ground. I guess. I guess. So Kvyat knows that his future lies elsewhere. Gasly knows that his future lies elsewhere now because he's been dropped from the main team. He's lost all his confidence. He's probably not going to get it back in the final nine races enough to put himself back in contention for a Red Bull drive again. So he's out of the programme. You could make or break Albon when actually he was maturing quite nicely indeed. Thank you very much, uh, Toro Rosso. So two things are going to happen. Albon's going to defy all expectation, kick ass for the rest of the year and get the seat alongside Verstappen, and your two Toro Rosso drivers are going to be out on the rear, and Toro Rosso's got no one to sign. Or Cal- uh, Albon's going to crash and burn under the weight of the expectation too much too soon. Get demoted as a broken guy back to Toro Rosso alongside another new teammate, and Red Bull still haven't got a second driver for, <laughs> for Red Bull. So, mm, don't get it. Feels a little bit bizarre to me, a bit throwing the dice well, it's and unusual, hoping isn't it lands. Because it's, they're, the, they're the only teams that have got a sister team, aren't they? So, you know, would you see the same behaviour if the likes of Ferrari or McLaren, um, etc., had a sister team? Would we? Would this kind of behaviour become more common? I guess? Well, Red Bull have uh, hurt themselves by they've had two cutthroat a junior programme. And that's basically, well, we said this last week, that's why Gasly got the Red Bull drive because Red Bull have annihilated all the juniors, they've got nobody left in the pool. So that's why they brought Kvyat back. Kvyat had left the Red Bull fold to be a Ferrari development driver, but they just got no drivers. I mean, granted, I will hand up now, Albon's impressed me as much as anybody this year, but 
he only got the Red Bull, he was dropped by the Red Bull program years ago. He only got the Toro Rosso drive because there were nobody left. They bought him out of his Nissan Formula E contract. So it's, they feel, it feels a little bit desperate. And I think if they manage to screw up these three drivers, then they've, they've literally they've got the same problem again. They've got nobody that's ready for the second seat at Red Bull. And they've got no juniors that have got enough super license Haven't points. they just signed the lad from IndyCar? Is that... Yeah, they signed Patrick O'Ward. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. a really good driver, actually. But he's gone to Super Formula and not doing a spectacular job there either, which is, again, a big ask to go to a new series uh, halfway through and perform. So he's maybe one for the future, but he needs to up his game very, very quickly in order to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and um, the, uh, while we're talking about uh, Torosso Red Bull... Um, Who's the driver that's just signed Formula E um, from, who was at Toro Rosso last year? Um, the New Zealand driver, what's his name? Oh, Hartley. Hartley, yeah, he's now yeah, I signed like Formula him. E. Yeah. Yeah, I like um, him. He's a very yeah, good driver. Yeah, I like him too. Is he doing that alongside uh, a WEC season as well? Because I think he's signed for Toyota Ante for yeah, the World I Endurance. Think potentially, yeah. Yeah, so he's yeah, signed for I think, uh, the Geox Dragon team. So yeah, because there's a lot of, this season. There's been a lot of clashes between World Endurance and Formula E, and there's a lot of crossover drivers uh, in both categories. So I think next year they're planning the schedule so there's no major clashes. So I think Hartley can still do his Toyota full season and still do his Formula E piece as well without having to to miss. So I think Andre Lotterer had to miss a couple of WEC races oh, this year because okay. he's doing yeah, he loves stuff. He loves a Formula E crash, Andre Lotterer. Oh. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. He's a brilliant <laughs> sports car driver, but really, really toilet in a open I think, I think, I think the problem is you, a lot of the drivers can't see the front of the car. That's the thing. It's, well, the problem um, is in Formula E, the only way to get past is pretend you're Michael Schumacher and just yeah, run people yeah, off yeah, the those, road. Some of, those, some of those circuits are, uh, are really tight. It's right. a touring car series with open wheelers. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you're. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, so okay, we'll add a new item on the um, on the end of this podcast. Then, so item number six, GTR three, Paul. Um, a new image was released. It looks amazing. Um, Joe, have you seen this? Yeah, I saw it. It does look absolutely amazing. But what is that? That's that's bought them another two years of development before they have to pull out another screenshot, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what's going on, Paul? What's going on oh. with GTR3? What's going on with Simbin Studios? I'm, I'm, uh, I started off as somewhat the fan of the vision. I like Chris Speed and Alan Speed. They're nice guys, and they were good to me when I went down there to see them. What was a couple of three years ago now, actually. Uh, when they first announced it, we had the, the big the big interview and the conversation about it. And I've been privy to seeing uh, a lot of GTR3 that's not made it into the public realms, etc., etc. And what I've seen, I've been massively impressed. So I've seen gameplay, uh, quite a few screenshots, uh, the UI, uh, the intro video, and a few other bits and bobs. Talking about UI. Hey, hey. It's a lot better than our factors. And, uh, <laughs> now you've done it. Now you've done it. Throw them to the wolves. Let the, hate, the wolves. let the hate roll in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, everything I've seen I've been impressed about. But I'm losing patience with them. I'm losing patience with the, the, the marketing strategy that isn't. I mean, you may have noticed on RD, I did a couple of the big interview. 
uh, features. So we started off with Automobilista and Writer Studios. Yes. Then we did our Factor 2. And you may wonder, pray tell, why there's been a gap. Because I asked Simbin if they wanted to be number three. And they said, yes, would love to. Let's do it. So uh, I drafted... Anybody who works in the staff will see it in the uh, yeah, it's editorial been section. For, uh, I've edited it. I've yeah. edit, edited it slightly as a private uh, staff-only joke. So <laughs> yeah, please, I, I'm just did you see that? that? Now, actually, please, it's quite funny. Please yeah. feel. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, very but uh, I did that a long time ago. What's the date on that, Paul? Well, the, oh no, because I've edited it. So you've you'll not see it, all yet. But, but it's been sat there at least for a couple of months. Yeah. So that we're going to be the next one. I got the agreement to do it. And I said, right, can you send me a couple of pictures? Because obviously, when I ask for the community questions, I want some images on there. Yeah, 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 no problem. Just need to get approvals. That's a hay bale rolling across the floor. Tumbleweed, yes. Yes, tumbleweed, hay bale. Hay Hay bales don't roll, That's a lot of wind if a hay bale flies past you. You've got bigger problems than no pictures. Oh, my God, anyway. I'm sorry, I'm I'm now just reading this, uh, the thing that you've edited, and it's absolutely (laughs) hilarious, I love it. Yeah, so I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith and a little bit of patience because that, yeah, no problem, has turned into unanswered calls and lack of responses and basically just BS that's coming from them, which okay. kind of makes me a little bit doubtful uh, that it's... I don't know what's going on. I've got an idea, but I'm not going to go into that. And yeah. it's, I still think it'll happen, but I think they've done such a royal cock-up of the announcement, community engagement, conversation piece that actually people that were stoked for it to start with now just kind of feel a little bit annoyed with it all and yeah. almost want it to fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is a shame because... You've seen the screenshot. I've seen the moving footage of that. And my goodness, it looks spectacular. But they need to get it across the line or they need to be, which is what I wanted this interview to be an opportunity for them to do, to be frank and just say, guys, the plan was uh, a playable internal in six months, launch in 12, with two years further down the line. That's not happened because, quite frankly stuff happens and this, this, this and this has gone down which means we are where we are and our roadmap for the future is this, this and this. Ever so sorry, much like our factors UI, your best laid plans don't always come off like they should have done. We admit we've been garbage at communicating this. We should have been better. This is the honest situation as to where we are and I thought that would win back a lot of the naysayers because nothing goes like you plan. My real-life work is testament to that. Uh, Nothing goes as you plan, but if you put your hands up and say, the intention was, the outcome is, the reason for it is this, people buy that and go, you know what, yeah, fair point, okay, good. But at the moment, they feel a bit disingenuous, they feel a little bit like it's full of smoke and mirrors, and that's hurting. And I know the people involved, and they're not like that. They're just not doing a very good job at marketing and being frank with people and that's a crying shame because I think the product could be quite good but I think we said this before about developers sometimes the communication aspect kind of falls by the um, the wayside doesn't it Joe yeah I, I, I think so that's pretty much all I have to say on that topic <laughs> but when it comes to developers I'm not going to say much anymore because you'll belittle me again oh will I yeah because I, I, I don't I, belitt- said- I never belittle you Joe I don't know what you're on about no, I, don't, I, never right. belitt- I never belittle anybody. Never, never. Stop putting words in my mouth. What do because, you want to say? Because well, of Paul's size, it would be belarging rather than belittling anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. That's very, that's very sizist of you, Paul. That's very sizist. Um, 
Yeah, I've not once mentioned your Lego hair, um, but anyway. I have had it cut. Have you? Yeah. It's exactly the same, just shorter, <laughs> like usual. Well, I'll, uh, I'll see it when I, um, when I watch the SRO streams. At the when you've got ears like mine, there's not a lot you can do. Oh, is that, is that right? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, you're I'm, not very aerodynamic, are you? I'm, no, I am. I'd, I'd, I'd make excellent uh, jumping out of an aeroplane, but <laughs> not so fast cutting through, cutting through air. Well, uh, that brings uh, this nicely to a close. We're talking about jumping out of airplanes, Paul's haircut, and um, what else could we chuck in there? Well, it, beats so- it beats socks and sandals, doesn't it? What's oh. your fashion? Come on, Paul, here we go. Paul and Joe, what's your top fashion tip to end the podcast? A fashion, fashion tip? Because last time know. we had don't wear sandals and socks, so what's, what's today's uh, nugget of gold advice for our sim racing and real-life motorsport fans? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, what's, what, um, don't wear jeans shorts like Paul Jeffrey. They're functional <laughs> working shorts, no, man. No. No, and, and don't no. wear shirts that look like they came out of a sitcom in the summer. No, the shirts are fine. The shirts, shirts are, are awesome. fine. I don't have a problem with the shirts. No, 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 no. The shirts are not fine. They're just accepted now. Right, okay. They're my, uh, they're my brand. What's wrong with yeah. my brand? It's um, fine. Yeah, there's... Um, my, my, oh, my, there's my mate always wears, wears those shorts who's got like ridiculous amount of pockets. And he thinks they're fashionable. I forget what they're called. Um, but yeah, they're not fashion. The kind of thing like Steve yeah. Irwin would wear. Yeah, yeah. I forget what they're called. They were they were cargo, cargo, cargo. Shorts. Yeah, cargo shorts. Yeah, they, come on, guys. Like, make an effort. Don't wear cargo shorts. I know they've got multiple pockets, but that's not a reason to wear them. But do you need to carry that much stuff? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, none of you wearing cargo to- shorts. Normally, you put things in the bottom, like bottom pockets, and that's it, and you never touch anything else. Yeah. And, then you I, can't, I, and then you likely can't remember which pocket you put it in anyway. So you stood there for five minutes searching for all the pockets. I, I, I lose my keys in my car. All you need are chinos. That's all you need. That's all you need, lads. They look better. They look better. All you no. need is chinos. La, no. la, la. Well, see, I, I have chinos. I'm not a big fan of them. Mine's more jeans. I have to wear jeans. I do wear chinos a lot for work, but it's mainly jeans. They're just the best. What, full-length jeans you're talking about? Full-length jeans, yeah. Well, even in this heat... Yes, I'm wearing jeans. Whoa, oh whoa, Joseph whoa. Wright, everybody. Hardcore. Uh, no, 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 that's You've got th- a sweaty undercarriage, oh. haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. no. Do you know what? It, it is commented to me quite a lot when I'm at work, the fact that it, it, it was boiling the last few weeks of work, and yet I was in full-length trousers, I was in long-sleeve shirt, t- uh, tie, everything, because I just I, I don't show my body. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. I was a, Which I in was a school in, um, is a really good idea, actually, Joe. You'd go well. Fair, you'd, you'd go yeah, a long that, way not, yeah. not, not stripping off in a school, definitely. Yeah, de- definitely as I work with four-year-olds. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely stay to clothing. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a top like, tip. Like we're, we're very close across the line here, lads. Yes, yes. It's just, it's just making sure yeah, that just, Joe knows just, where the right line tip, is. Tip, we're just tiptoeing near it. We're not going to cross that line. <laughs> right? just, yeah, uh, so anyway, yeah, Chino Shorts, that's the, that's, that's the way forward. Yeah, that's my fashion advice. Uh, uh, my, my fashion advice is just don't wear shorts. I mean, wear trousers. I don't mean just walk around <laughs> in your underwear. <laughs> oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. There, uh, yeah. So welcome to the uh, Race Department Fashion Podcast.
Yeah. Yeah. And also, a handy little tip is a French tuck. There you go. There you go. Right. If you don't know what one of those is, Google it. I'm not going Yeah, to I don't know what that is, so I'm Googling that as we speak. Okay. All right. Uh, so we're going to bring this nicely to a close before we ramble on anymore. Paul, as we mentioned, you're off to uh, SRO and the Sim Race Expo this weekend. That's the weekend of 31st of August. If you download the podcast afterwards, it's already happened. Um, Paul, have you got any new videos coming soon? Or? <sighs> Unfortunately not. I am uh, absolutely up to my neck in stuff at the moment. So okay. uh, I've just not found time recently. Okay. But watch this space. All right, mate. I've got uh, Erhan Yoyovsky, who's the winner of the last round of the SRO. Yes. Esports series, and also got into the final, I think, of the uh, World's Fastest Gamer. So That's right, I spotted good lad that. There, huh? yes. He's recorded a hot lap of Nürburgring for us, bless him. So uh, I may do it tonight, or I may have just melted too much, but I'll certainly do it tomorrow. I'll get that uploaded onto the ID YouTube channel. So uh, if you want to know how to go quickly around the Nürburgring in ATC, then uh, stay tuned to YouTube in the near future for uh, And also The answer to that is B. Erhan Johovsky. Yeah, that, that would help <laughs> no end. And also, you'll be streaming live the SRO rounds on our Twitch channel. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday, we'll be going live. Uh, got a monster schedule, as always. So, some uh, pieces to camera, some highlights from previous rounds, introductory bits and bobs. And then, of course, all four races uh, will be live and exclusive on RDTV. So, stay tuned to that one. It should be a good weekend. Looking forward to it. Uh, Nürburgring, often. Producers, good racing. Well, I'll, um, I'll be watching it when it doesn't clash with the football fixtures. So, yeah, football. What's that? Has he got exactly. an engine? I knew you'd no, say it's that. not. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I knew you're from a Sheffield, um, from Sheffield, which has got two clubs. I think I said this before. You know, surprises me that you can't stand the sport. It's. I've got honestly. I'm so one-dimensional. If it's got an engine or a battery, if it can race against something else, I'm all for it. If it can't race, I've got no interest whatsoever. Talking the batteries, the new 2,000 horsepower, um, was it 1,000 horsepower, 2,000 horsepower Lotus, which is battery well, I, When I said batteries, I was kind of trying to be inclusive, but yeah, really, I, know, I don't I know. get tossed about yeah, that either. I know, I know yeah. you couldn't, exactly. Yeah. If it burns fossil fuel, I'm interested. If it doesn't, then please go away. Well, I think, Paul, you're going to have to come to terms. But I've, turn, I've turned 30, man. I can't, I've, I've turned 30. I no, do you know I'm just going to point you... Just to, I know this is now going off into a whole other way of yes. conversation. But I just want to mention that, the fact that you don't like battery and you have to have few. What is so bad about Formula E? As you've previously mentioned, it's like touring cars, but for open-world cars. For me, that's 1,000 times more interesting than seeing a race with one overtake. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I just... For me, it's not the fact it's battery-powered I don't like it. I just don't like the uh, circuits they race on. I don't like the driving standards. Uh, I mean, I don't no, like no, the sorry, but the driving standards racing. is what makes it interesting. If you uphold driving mind. standards in Formula 1, then Formula E would just be one overtake per race. Yeah, I don't mind a bit of rubbing his racing, but when it's just argy-bargy for sakery, it just feels a bit... Uh, it's a bit... I like a bit of controversy, but I like a good, clean overtake. I mean, touring car racing is rubbish racing, but that's what it's supposed to be. An electric touring car series I'd be interested in, for sure. I just don't think it works in a, in a formula street circuit environment, personally. Oh, fair enough, there you go. Well, I know but, that they're doing a mo. I don't know how well it's been going. They did a Moto E, didn't they? Yeah, the Moto E's. That's a, and again, a really good idea. I've not actually no, watched any of that No, yet. no, have I? Because the, the last thing I ever heard about it was all of their bikes burn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would pretty much same here, to be honest. And, I'm and, a Sete Gibbonau fan as well, oh, so uh, I'm uh, curious. Do you know what? Just before we end here, I'm going to uh, check to make sure if it's actually going or not. 
They th- yeah, I think I'm that. sure they've uh, done well, at least one race. I'm sure. Well, I'll, uh, well, I'll talk about. Uh, don't forget, you can check out our uh, at racedepartment.com our racing club events that happen Monday to Sunday in Assetto Corsa, Assetto Corsa Cristiano, R Factor Two, and Automobilista. I think that's all of them. Um, race also, room. if you want to race room, race room, race, as room. Well. race room. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. I, I know there, there, there has been two racers just been out there. Two races. Two so races. Our interest, Joe. How did yep. Sete Juvenal do? Uh, Sete Juvenal. I used so, to love him back oh, in the day. Uh, ninth and sixth position. Hey, not bad for a 40-odd-year-old. Cool. Okay. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> easy, with, easy with the ages there. Oh, the, um, but Bradley Smith is in second. I like that because he's British. Well, do you know what? Actually, just sorry, Paul. He raced at MotoGP at Silverstone the weekend. Do you know the Moto E? Yeah. The amount of quality riders they've got in there. Last time I looked, there's a load of Mika Kallio's in it. He's a damn good rider. Uh, I can got... talk you through the entire grid if you want. <laughs> well, basically, there's a whole ton of really talented but never quite made it for whatever. Scott Redding's in it as well, I think, isn't he? Uh, no. Oh, is Redding not? I know they were linked to it for a while, but they've got a whole ton of really quality riders. For a, for a start-up championship, I think they've done really, really well. Mm. I think so as well, and definitely for it being um, an electric series alongside, obviously, the uh, GP. So you've got all those three categories in MotoGP anyway, and then you try and add an electric series and... All the bikes just whizzing past you rather than roaring past you. I've I'm not sure heard anything strange. about this series whatsoever. Because the bikes are so quiet. But the thing is, though, I mean, you ever go watch a, <laughs> If you watch it one, two, five. Oh, that was good, that, Joe. I missed that. Nice. Nice. I like that. That's good. I'm going to steal that and claim it as my own. Um, <laughs> the thing is, though, I mean, the sound of like, if you ever hear a one, two, five pack uh, of bikes, it's a really weird, like, buzzing kind of noise a 125 makes a field of them is really a bizarre noise so I think the audio aspect of an electric bike is not quite as uh, as damning as it is against is like a touring a with the MotoGP crowd that was I, I would rumor. assume so because it's, it's done it at Germany and Austria and we've been both there in the MotoGP haven't we um, and then we've but we've got Imola and Valencia well Valencia I know is the oh. final round but they do go to Imola don't they I don't think the support, MotoGP oh, goes to Imola. Oh, MotoGP at five of the European circuits. There you go. Oh, that's well, it, question. it uh, ended up only being four because of the fire. Good oh, effort, so though, to rebuild now. the entire field of bikes and get them out running again after that catastrophe. So really impressive, actually, as a manufacturing yeah. exercise. Anyway, okay. so Paul, you were, done you were round and done. Series, is it? Oh, okay. Anyway, we learn something new every day, don't yeah. we? Right. Um, <laughs> Bear in mind, we yeah. only wanted to end the podcast about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. It's all, I've only got to go to bed. Don't worry about it. Uh, right. I've got to uh, eat and do my RD stuff, yeah. <laughs> sorry? I've got to eat and oh, do my RD well, stuff, I've, yeah. I, I, I've already eaten. And, uh, and, uh, and you see, I can't eat before we go on I, air I, because you've got body my, movement issues. I've got to fix issues. my rear door before I go to bed because I can't lock it at the moment. Uh, right. Uh, don't forget, you can check us out on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Race Department. As ever, our forums are available www.racedepartment.com. Uh, oh, there's a fly on my face. Uh, right. Uh, so, thank you once again to Paul Jeffrey for joining me this week. Pleasure as always, brother. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. And Mr. Joseph Wright. Yeah, thanks. Short and sweet. Love it. 
Um, well, thank you, listener, for uh, listening once again to episode 13. Don't forget, please like, subscribe, uh, leave us a review. We um, we had another great review on um, iTunes recently. Uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. Thank you. We can get some more of those. Uh, helps get the words out. The downloads are going up and up and up, so the word is getting out. So do continue to spread the love. Uh, that's it. This has been the Race Department Podcast. I've been Paul Glover. Cheerio.